faithwire.com. The Biden administration is sending all kinds of mixed messages, RE, the Delta variant, and the vaccine. We'll parse through all the politics and get to the facts coming up next. Today is Friday, July 30th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories we cover, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Joining me today, as always, is Trey Gons Phillips from faithwire.com. Trey, what's going on? Hey, Dan. Happy Friday to you. It's here. Uh, yeah, the week is finally <laughs> is finally ending. Though, I, like I've said before, it seems like they all kind of fly by. So I don't know why I'm saying like the week is finally ending. Right, because the next thing um, you know, it's Monday. And then right, just it, keeps it, the circle of life. Circle of life. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up on the podcast today, we have a major liberal unionist pushing back against uh, the Biden administration with its uh, with its push to get more people vaccinated with uh, mandates also coming in place. Hmm. Uh, homeschooling is soaring as uh, multiple factors plan to, you know, not want parents not wanting to send their kids back yeah. into schools, particularly public schools. And I got details on that. Uh, and then uh, we'll end the podcast with a Texas pastor who has changed his mind on vaccinations after a severe COVID infection. So we'll have, uh, that's a bit of a good news story. Yeah. We'll have details on that too. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, it's like a vaccine Friday, vaccine COVID Friday, but it is the big story of the day. So let us, uh, let us dive right into it. 57.7% of Americans age 12 and up are fully vaccinated uh, for COVID-19. Uh, that's from the CDC. Uh, over 190 million Americans have now had at least one dose. That's about 69% of all adults. Earlier this week, the CDC, citing new science that has yet to be published, as we talked about earlier in the week, which kind of rankled a lot of feathers there that they try to make all these recommendations without showing the yeah. work, so to speak, right? Um, and it was on the transmissibility of the Delta variant. Uh, they changed their mask guidance and are now recommending everyone in areas with substantial or high levels of tra- transmission, vaccinated or not, wear a face covering in public uh, or indoor settings. Um, some are following suit. For example, you've got places like, like Broadway as they gear up for a return in September. The Broadway League announced that everyone attending a show must be vaccinated and wear a mask. So you have instances like that popping up. Um, But states have not been so quick to jump on board with the new mask mandates. Governor Tom Wolf, for example, in uh, Pennsylvania will not require students to wear masks in school despite those new recommendations. And they're not reconsidering, they're not considering reinstating a statewide mandate for mask wearing uh, in schools. Um, Governor Cuomo, similarly, uh, he urged indoor ma- indoor masking, uh, but he stopped short of requiring it. Um, and so many are gr- growing frustrated also with the mixed signals tray, especially given uh, the administration and how they want to, people to get the vaccinations. So, um, you know, they're trying to get people vaccinated. They say they want the numbers to go up, but then they're continually, on the other hand, saying the vaccine isn't working. And, you know, so, hey, you got to keep wearing the mask. So what's the incentive here, I guess, if we're going to have to continue to have restrictions and continue to be, you know, have masks or have even indoors, even with family, a lot of people have said. So here's an example of some of the some of the mixed messaging that uh, people have called out. Uh, CNN tweeted this uh, today. They said vaccination alone won't stop the rise of variants and in fact could push the evolution of strains that evade their protection, researchers warned. 
The researchers said people need to wear masks and take other preventative steps until almost everyone is vaccinated. Then conservative commentator Ali Stuckey pointed out these two paragraphs don't make sense together. If vaccines don't stop the new strains, why would masking and doing all these other things stop when everyone gets vaccinated? What's the those things? Those two things don't add up. Uh, Eric Erickson had said, he said, regarding masks, the universal consensus is that this is a quote unquote pandemic of the unvaccinated. And he said, well, I'm not sure why we should reimpose masks for the vaccinated when the unvaccinated have made the choice and know the risks. The burden should be on them and they're OK with that. Um, so it's not making much sense at all. It doesn't seem to be backed up, quote unquote, by the science. And um, another uh, aspect of this story, Trey, you know, we got one viral tweet that's really making the rounds. Um, it says, ask this question. It says, we first identified COVID-19 as a as a threat around December 2019. Vaccines were available thanks to Tre President Trump's Operation Warp Speed before Christmas of 2020. We first identified the Delta variant in December 2020. Does President Joe Biden have a timeline for a vaccine on yet or on that yet or a booster? Um, something that I, we haven't, I haven't heard of. Maybe he's mentioned it and I've missed it, but I've not heard the, administra mm. the administration talk about what they're doing no. for boosters or for, you know, they're just saying get vaccinated, get vaccinated. But if it doesn't cover the Delta variant, which is what they're trying to say on the one hand, then how does that solve the problem? Um, no. So, so why does this story matter? I mean, it matters because I think, like I said, people are very confused, Trey. They were told just to hang in there until we get the vaccine and then we'll be free again. And then we were told, hey, the vaccine works. Get the vaccine. Just get the shot and we'll be free again. That was that was Joe Biden. And now we're being told, get the vaccine, but there's a variant. So we still need to be cautious and wear masks and and have restrictions and everything else. So this is why it matters, I think, because are we teetering towards perpetual government restrictions where they can just turn the spigot on and off? Yeah. I mean, this is why it's critical for those who actually care about freedom to stand up for it. Now, even if you're called a killer or whatever kind of names the, the, the online mob goes at you, because you can't give government this level of control in perpetuity. They're just they'll get society used to being the controls being turned on, turned off, turned on, turned off, and they will absolutely uh, apply it to other areas. So obviously that matters. Um, I mean, as Christians, we can obviously see the potential areas where they're going to turn on those controls as it relates to our freedom to worship. So um, so a lot going on there with with COVID. So a lot to keep up with. Yeah, and as far as the messaging, I don't I really don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell anybody who's <laughs> listening. It makes no sense. They're mm -hmm. all over the place and it depends on who you ask and on what day. Uh, and it, even what hour uh, depends on what their messaging will be. And then, of course, you have to remember that you don't know if uh, if their statement is later going to be walked back because they're going to say they're speaking in their personal capacity and not in their official capacity. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's just kind of all over the place. Uh, and as far as these restrictions, it's interesting to see that CNN is actually has been running some uh, some segments that are kind of pushing back against the CDC yeah. and this this mask mandate thing. I, f I forget what you call it. What is it? A, a, a cloud of, of journalism? A, what, what do you call it? <laughs> a scattered thing? showers of journalism. You know, you get yeah. a you get a little <laughs> shower here passing through. I think that that might be what's happening. Uh, there was a. <laughs> A, a, this morning, I believe it was, there was a an art gallery owner, Eli Klein, in New York City. Yeah. And he was talking about mask mandates. And he said, the thing is, is that it's not just about the mask. 
Like he said, if it was just a mask mandate, whatever, that's annoying. I can deal with it. Right. But he said, that's, that's just the starting point. We, we give up on the masks and then it becomes, we got a social distance. You got to limit how many people are coming in. You've got to guarantee that your customers or patrons are vaccinated. He said, it just doesn't stop. It's not just this one thing. It's about a whole lot more than the mask. And that's a, an art gallery owner in New York city. So it's, they, bore the brunt of, of a lot of this last year. Uh, so it's inter- interesting to see that people are just not really willing to go back to 2020 standard uh, restrictions, yeah. uh, particularly now with, with where we are. It just does not make any sense. So the messaging is just confusing, right. to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I keep saying this, but you, they said the initial promise was once you get that vaccine and it's available and it's free and anyone can get it, then it's kind of like, not my problem after that point. I mean, I understand they should right. make their recommendations, but really it should be a, hey, we still think you should get vaccinated. We think it'll be healthy for you. But after that, it's kind of like, okay, it's available. And if people want to go out there and risk it, then, uh, I mean, what can you do? Not, not much you should be able to do about that from the government perspective, but they keep trying. Yeah, exactly. All right. Story number two. So the American Postal Workers Union said this week that it opposes vaccine mandates amid President Biden's increasingly strict rules for federal workers. So under Biden's new unilaterally implemented rules, federal workers will be required to sign forms saying they've been vaccinated against COVID-19. If they decline to sign for whatever reason, uh, employees will have to comply with strict mandates, including masking, weekly testing, uh, and enforced social distancing. Biden said, quote, too many people are dying or watching someone they love die when they could have just gotten vaccinated. He described the surge in Delta variant cases as an American tragedy. So in response, the American Postal Workers Union leadership said it continues to encourage postal workers to voluntarily get vaccinated, but added it's not the role of the federal government to mandate vaccinations for the employees we represent. At this time, the union stated it opposes the mandating of COVID-19 vaccinations. That update kind of came a, a bit of a, as a bit of a surprise to me uh, that the, the union was so bullish in, in opposing um, vaccine mandates, but still good news so what's the left saying i'm having a lot of trouble dan like we just talked about figuring out what the left is saying uh, on all of this stuff yeah. on masking on vaccination particularly as the cdc like we just talked about uh, is now telling vaccinated americans they need to start wearing masks indoors again uh, biden's surgeon general even said yesterday on msnbc uh, that vaccinated people with unvaccinated kids need to start wearing their masks even when they're outdoors uh, he also kind of suggested that they might need to wear them at home. I, I don't know exactly uh, what he was saying, but that seemed to be uh, the suggestion, which I'm pretty certain nobody of any political affiliation is going to be walking around with their kids wearing a mask. Uh, so, But it, it's quite befuddling to see the media, the CDC, and the White House kind of undermining their own message. They, they're telling us vaccinated people need to wear masks because they're spreading covid uh which you know, they're sowing doubt because it, that's uh, that's unfounded there's not much data to suggest that at this point uh you know but they're saying all this stuff presumably as a tactic to get more people vaccinated um so it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense so what's uh the right saying well they've uh there have been a lot of republicans out encouraging their constituents to get vaccinated and they've also pushed back of course against the repeat of 2020 era guidelines Representative Dan Crenshaw, he's a Republican from Texas, he was on Fox News yesterday and told Americans, particularly vaccinated Americans, uh, that they should not comply anymore with lockdowns or draconian mandates. 
He said that on the heels of the White House signaling that it's open to more lockdowns in the future if the CDC recommends them. So why does it matter? I think the White House and the media, the CDC, all of it, I think they're going to have a really tough time, Dan, uh, trying to go back to yeah. uh, mandates and recommendations yeah. circa May of 2020. Yeah, uh, I just don't think people are going to be okay with that. We're already seeing people of, of both political stripes, presumably, uh, kind of pushing back and saying, you know, why should I, as a vaccinated person, Hypothetically, why should I be bearing the brunt uh, of of the you know the fault of an unvaccinated person? Right. right. Um, so you know people are just not not happy with this. No, and the, 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 it just doesn't pass the smell test because, like we're like you're saying, like it, it's not their responsibility. They got vaccinated, and yeah. they should be pretty safe from it. Like a very high high percent chance that they're safe. So those who have chosen to just risk it, that's on them. That's on them. And there's no greater, you know, I mean, yes, there are the rare cases that, you know, it, the, the breakthrough cases, uh, but the, the odds on that are so small. And then even if you get it, the, the odds of it being severe after that are so low that it's yeah. just not a it's not a really a valid argument to sit there and yell at everybody like they're causing some kind of big problem to anyone who's been vaccinated. So you're kind of mostly just impacting everybody that's you know, in that vaccinated, unvaccinated pool. So they've chosen to take that risk. So again, that's on them there. And there's, there's also no, you know, imminent risk of overwhelming the hospitals, which was what we were initially sold on. That's how they initially scared us into agreeing to all this mask stuff in the first place. Uh, right. And we didn't know, we didn't know it was going to happen. So everybody kind of did their part and went along with it. But now we know, we know the hospitals aren't going to be overwhelmed. So they really don't have much to go on there other than trying to scare everybody. So I will just say, uh, too, Trey, I'm like thinking about that, uh, the Surgeon General talking about wearing them in your home. Are they going to like send Miss Minutes around? You know, I, for, for everyone who's seen Loki, you know, Miss Minutes and the, the, uh, what is that? The, the variance? What's the, um, committee? What's the timeline variance thing or whatever they call it? Yeah. The, the time variant authority. Yeah. Yes. The TVA. And, uh, and Miss Minutes just going to pop up there and say, oh, put your mask on, you know. And then and then my other question is, is Joe, is President Biden, you, maybe you've been paying it close attention, closer attention than I have. Is he still carrying the uh, COVID death count in his jacket pocket? I haven't seen oh, him yeah. pull out that prop lately. And uh, I'm interested. I'm interested to know, because now that the number is 600 something thousand, which is like well over 100,000 since he's been in, I believe, um, you know. I mean, is he still counting that? Is he still is he still wanting to yeah. point that out, or was it only helpful right after he took office when he could blame all that on Trump? Right. Just yeah. asking. Just asking. Yeah, the political <laughs> games are uh, they should be frustrating to anybody. Like I really don't care what your political opinion is or view is, whatever. Uh, the political games on both sides should be yeah should get nothing more than an eye roll from all of yes. us. Yes, agreed. Agreed. All right. Uh, story number three. As many schools. Across this one, I would say this is, counts as a positive story coming up here, Trey. As many hmm, as many schools across the country prepare to reopen this year, the number of parents opting to homeschool their children has surged big time in the wake of uh, COVID nineteen school lockdowns and mask requirements. Some of the ones we just talked about there. Um, some want their kids to learn. From, the reasons are kind of varied. Some want their kids to learn from a faith based curriculum, while others just believe their local schools have too many problems to deal with um i mean critical race theory is not even mentioned here but i mean that's obviously one of the big issues that a lot of parents are concerned about that type of indoctrination being 
jam down the public schools. Um, but a common, another common theme for a number of parents is that just that they're a simple one, that their kids performed well while homeschooling and they don't want to change it. Um, mm. Yvonne Bunn, who's a director of homeschool support and government affairs with, with the Home Educators Association of Virginia, spoke with CBN News and she said that they had, an, they had to increase their staff in order to answer the massive spike in all the questions from parents. And she said, in Virginia alone, we've seen over a 48% increase in homeschoolers for the last school year. We went from 44,000 to 65,000 homeschoolers. Lots of parents have done this and say their child has just done so much better. And, they're, and, and they also like that they're not getting bullied, a lot of them. So um, she also noted that parents who work from home are eager to just keep their kids in homeschooling. They're finding they can do it. Yeah. Um, she added that, uh, she said, I do think a lot of parents are going to continue to homeschool. They're not happy with what's going on at the schools. Um, parents are wanting to move in the direction of something else. Even the parents who work, we've been amazed by the number who want to continue to work from home so that they can continue to teach their children. So, um, another interesting note in all this tray is that it's, this rise is happening across ethnic groups, um, as well. Joyce Burgess, who's the co-founder and program director of the National Black Home Educators said, that they had a near they had 5000 members before the pandemic now they've got more than 35000 um so burgess explained that some of the families had experienced challenges including lack of internet access or they were just disappointed with the learning materials they were given and so this impacted their their kids ability to learn virtually so it just got to the point she said where they didn't trust anything but their own homes and their children being with them now they're seeing the future seeing what their children can do so that's an interesting development there. And then another angle, Jennifer Gonzalez from uh, Virginia chose to homeschool her three sons, age 9, 13, and 15, after their Catholic school in Lynchburg closed uh, because just the decrease in enrollment. She said, well, my kids have excelled, and so and we're also able to be home and be together. So sometimes the, sim- the reasons are just as simple as that. So you can check out that whole full story at faithwire.com. And um, what's the left saying on this one? Well, the left generally, they, they've kind of pushed back against homeschooling. They often malign it and view it as dangerous. And, and you know, we've seen, I think we've covered a few of these op-eds, Trey, that have been in like the Washington Post and stuff with progressives just yeah. really kind of talking about how we need to, the government needs to take a closer look at homeschooling and get their fingers in there a little bit more. Um, and, uh, you know, and a lot of times, you know, pro- progressives like the aspect of control that that they have when most kids are in a government school. You know, like if you want to get kids vaccinated, for example, you can make it a requirement to attend school in a lot of states. You can do that. And so so things like that are often held as kind of leverage over over a parent's head. So uh, so what's the right saying? Well, the rights generally kind of they advocate for more freedom of choice when it comes to education. So a rise in homeschooling would be a welcome development. And so why does it matter? I mean, it matters just because for decades, progressives have run government schools and they've kind of yeah. had free reign here indoctrinating our kids. And, and yes, there are many great teachers within those systems. And so it's not all bad. But uh, but when you look at the system as a whole, it just generally doesn't favor, you know, the Christian worldview. Um, you yeah. know, issues such as evolution, for example, are allowed to be taught while intelligent design or even just the mere mention of God is taboo. Oh, keep that at home. You got to keep that at home with your parents, Johnny. Don't talk about that here. Uh, so it's good to see parents just kind of taking control of their children's future and seeing that, you know, maybe um, maybe something like homeschooling is is going to be a better option for them than than 
putting their kids into government school. Yeah, and you know, I you'll have to Google this, whoever you know, if you're listening, and because <laughs> I cannot remember her name, uh, this woman's name, but she so she worked in, uh, uh, I believe, the HR department at a public school system, uh, and she put on her Instagram story. This was earlier this year. Uh, on her Instagram story, um, a, a comment about why she's choosing to homeschool her children. Mm. Uh, even though she works in the public school system, she just said for her kids, that was the best decision and it works best for their learning needs or whatever. She ended up getting fired um, for posting that video uh, because they said she was disparaging her employer, yada, 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 whatever, <laughs> made the school look Jeez. bad and suggested bad things about the school district that she worked for and represented. Whatever. And she kind of fought that and, you know, went back and forth. And that's the point of the story. But she said later in, an, in another Instagram live, the longer conversation that she put up, she talked about, I chose to homeschool my kids because I know what the public school system does. Like, mm-hmm. I know how they just are churning kids out and trying to get numbers. Like, they're all about yeah. getting testing numbers. Uh, she said, there are fantastic teachers that I worked alongside with. She said she had a fantastic principal. But administratively, she said the government, state, local, federal level government, uh, the, the things that they force on the public school system makes the job of teachers so difficult mm. uh, that kids just end up getting lost. And she said, so that's why for me, even though I work in uh, the public school system, and she said, in fact, because I work in the public school system, and I've seen up close what happens, unfortunately, even with good teachers homeschooling was the better option because that was where my kids could really thrive. Mm. Um, so, I mean, to me, that means a lot when it's coming from somebody who yeah. is in the public school system is up there up close. And it's like, if you're not willing to believe, and I know there are other people like her, if you're not willing to believe her and her testimony and her experience, then I don't know what to tell you because there are so many people <laughs> yeah. who have, who have similar experiences uh, who, who talk about that all the time. And, you know, it wasn't until they started homeschooling their kids or even maybe put them in private school uh, that they saw their, their kids potential actually open up a whole lot more yeah. uh, than when they were just a number, particularly in, in districts that are kind of overcrowded. So the classrooms are, are pretty full. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's just a lot of different, there's a lot of different aspects and why I say like there can be fine teachers and in the system, I mean, like you said, yeah. kids get lost. I mean, it's just it's a difficult challenge to to have 30 kids in a classroom, right? Like, how yeah. do you give them all? I mean, just logically speaking, you can give your own kid more attention when you've got yeah. just one or two kids at home or maybe even a couple kids. We have four and we do it. So, um, and look, it's not easy. And it's I'm not I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. I mean, I'm full disclosure because I know I'm kind of biased on this particular issue because we're, we're kind of proponents of of this. But but logically, like some of those things just make sense, right? That if you can yeah. put in the time, um, you're probably going to have a better outcome because you know your kid better than any teacher would. And uh, you give you give them one on one instead of one on 30. I mean, it's just the odds are stacked in your favor. So, <laughs> yeah. And so. yeah, I, I think the tough thing is, is that I, I have close friends of mine who are teachers and they talk about this stuff too. Because a lot of times it's really not the teachers who are the problem. The no. teachers are doing the best they can. They're just saddled with so much stuff. And like you said, they're, they're just overburdened with too many kids uh, in their classrooms. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the teachers often case end up being just as much victims as the students yeah. uh, of this broken system. So, you know, if nothing else, I hope this surge in homeschooling will maybe be a wake up call to administrators. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing it's, it's nice when there's some, com- when competition happens and someone does it better, it forces yeah. other people to adapt. So that's hopefully that there's some adaptions that, uh, that take place here in the near, near future. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Story number four. So a pastor from a church in a city about 60 miles south of Dallas admitted this week he 
quote unquote was wrong uh, about not getting vaccinated against COVID-19. That's at least what he's saying. So Danny Reeves, he's the senior pastor of First Baptist Church in Corsicana. He shared his regret with uh, KDFW TV on the heels of a weeks long battle against a severe case of COVID, uh, an infection that sent him into the ICU at Baylor Medical Center in Dallas. So in early July, the pastor said he started feeling body aches and other common symptoms of COVID before testing positive for the virus just a few days later. He started having difficulty breathing, he said, in about a week, uh, and that was when his blood oxygen levels uh, dropped dangerously low, uh, so he was admitted to the ICU for two days. And here's a portion of uh, his conversation he had with the news outlet there. Um, I had emotional moments in here. Um, I had regret in here. Um, you know, I, 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 I recognized that, that I had been a bit cavalier, and that almost cost me. He made a remarkable turnaround, crediting his faith, the support from his church community, and his medical team. If it can happen to me, it can happen to you. And um, you really ought to consider getting the vaccine. I'm not going to tell you to go do it. Uh, You have the choice and the right to make that choice. Reeves says doctors at Baylor helped clear up some of the misinformation for him, and he now plans to get vaccinated as soon as possible. And I've been taught a lesson. And, um, and I'm, I'm big enough and humble enough to say I was wrong. Um, and and if, my, if my survival and my story can be a blessing to others, then I, I, pray, I pray it is. So why does it matter? We know the, the left and right breakdown here on this issue, Dan, and we've talked about it earlier today and on the podcast before. But I wanted to highlight Pastor Reeves' story first because it's level-headed and, and based on his first hand uh, experience, he, he doesn't force it. He doesn't try to, to, to scaremonger people or right. like to shove them into, you've got to get vaccinated because this will happen to you. He said, it's, it's up to you. But after what I've been through, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get it, uh, you know, get the vaccine. And then and secondly, it's just encouraging to see uh, the way he's handled the infection as a believer. He seems to have been, uh, you know, really confident about uh, who he was in Christ as a, as a, as a pastor, but, but just as a believer, he, he credited his faith for having uh, carried him through his church community as well and the medical team there that, that took care of him. Um, so he just seemed to have stayed spiritually strong, even though he was he was struggling with his infection. And of course, you know, praise God, he's he's recovering and we just hope he continues to to get better day by day. And he's, I think, I, last I read, it'll be in about 30 days is when he'll be, you know, freed and, and cleared to get vaccinated. And he said he plans to do so then. Yeah, no, that's really great. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes a, a situation like that for us to change our mind. But glad he made it through yeah. uh, okay and didn't have a worse result than that for sure. So continued yeah. prayers there. And um, that is it for us today. As always, go check on uh, over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com. We get a daily visit for some news with a Christian perspective. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating uh, to this podcast on iTunes. God bless. We will see you on Monday. Have a great, great weekend. <laughs>